Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, oh, this is an adorable picture of you. I, I mean, come on. Isn't that so sweet? You do. You do look like Anthony Rapp in your good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> exactly. But literally, looks like Charlie Brown, the behavior of Lucy yep. Van Pelt. I swear to God. <laughs> Unsurprising um, in every yeah. manner. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with Kirsch and Kazoos. <laughs> Kazoos is the drink in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you been in Kirsch? <laughs> what is What is Kirsch? Kirsch, it's like a it's like a cherry brandy. Kirschwasser. Oh. It's German. Isn't it? Thank um, you. Kirsch Kirschwasser. Kirschwasser, yes. So, cherry water. It sounds so so angry. As all as all German things do, apparently. How can Germans make cherry water sound angry? <laughs> Kirschwasser. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's actually really nice. Ever yeah. had, I'm trying to think of something that I've had it in. No, mm-hmm. I can't. Like a cocktail, but it's really nice. It's rich. Yeah, we have um, we have grenadine, which is not specifically alcoholic. Yes, um, grenadine, reduced pomegranate juice, reduced cherry juice. I think cherry or pomegranate, but I think it's traditionally pomegranate. Uh, in America, if you asked for grenadine, you would get cherry juice. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I've never heard it as pomegranate juice. How fascinating! Ooh, I had a thing. We're gonna go on a tangent here. Um, this is good. <laughs> in in math, or as you say, maths. Oh yeah. Um, did you learn the order of operations? Of course, yes. Bod mass. Bod mass. Ah! <laughs> I saw this on a British game show the other day. In America, it's PEMDAS. I bet your pardon. What the hell's P? I know. Oh, so yours is. And you're just brackets. And you call them ordinals, and we call them exponents. And then it muxes up the other letters. That's so interesting. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, bod mass. It like blew my mind. Uh Well, so wait, I think think it's now 
Bidmas. Bidmas? Can What's I remember the, what the I is? So brackets and then indices. 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 Yeah, we we call them exponents, but they're the same so, thing. But, but do you not have the laws of indices? Uh, we probably have the laws of exponents, but I'm not great at math. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Because they're kind Bodmas. of the same thing? Yeah. Pedmas. It's a... Yeah, uh, PEMDAS. PEMDAS. Because we also, we do, we oh. mix up the multiplication division. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't matter, it's from left to right, either one. Um, uh-huh. Isn't that fascinating? I guess it's just to make a funky acronym. Yeah, uh-huh. it, that is fascinating. And who knew? Like, what a regional difference that no one knows about. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think PEMDAS does sound nicer. Bodmas I don't know. always is, is just a bit weird, I think. I was really Bodmas. excited to learn Bodmas. This has been Jim and Tomic's uh, mathematical happy hour. <laughs> yeah. I think we've actually done that one before. We've like suggested that as a, an alternative. Uh, so that's two for the maths one. So it's currently winning. Um, great. <laughs> anyway, oh what are you drinking are you today, doing? Jimmy? Oh. <laughs> well, you first. I, I am drinking... Dog water. Water oh, from laughing water from a dog bowl. That's uh you couldn't you could be drinking eggnog, you could be drinking great pumpkin juice. They're all none sorts of these of things feature in the musical. They feature in the universe. <laughs> the big universe. Oh, I wanna talk about that too. Um <laughs> The universe, the space. The universe podcast. in general. Jim and Tomic's space hour. <laughs> That'd be cool. Why? Why are we drinking these things? I'll tell you because it's my turn to talk about the quiz question. It is <laughs> just your self-reflection again. Also, very apt. It's it's true. Some days I wake up early. Um, no, last week our quiz question. Um, our last show features a song by Mendelssohn, and he was uncredited in his writing of the song. This show features a song by Beethoven, and he is very well credited. What show could it possibly be, Jimmy? That would be "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown." <laughs> So flaming, so yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. Do you know what I've had really bad? Mm-hmm. Post nasal drip. Oh yeah, that's been me too. You have what I have. Oh I really? I gave it to you through the microphone. Yeah, I have. I, I had think, like an awful sinus infection. So I, I didn't know this was a thing. I heard it in Guys and Dolls. <laughs> I was always like, "What is she talking <laughs> about?" This post nasal. Uh-huh. But I can only imagine it's that thing. So it's like it's like there's a constant stream going 
down from the nose yeah, into the throat. In the back of your throat. And it's, yeah, that's and it's just hitting the soft palate. So it's just mm-hmm. constant. I'm just constantly like. Just like, like flammy that. and stuffed up. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had it this bad before. So oh, hooray. Hooray. Um, hooray for sickness. Right. I'll do that a lot. I'll do it. Because that's me gagging. I'm excited. And if I vomit, then all the great. All over your micro. It'll be one of the strangest audio experiences of my life. It really will. Right, okay. Good man, Charlie Brown. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> music and lyrics by Mr. Clark Gessner. Yeah, you know, good old Clark Gessner. All of his old... hit shows. Uh-huh. You can um, name them for us, right, Jimmy? I can only name one other. And it, uh-huh. I only knew it because of the musical theatre quiz that I did uh-huh. in 2009. Um, and it's called The Utter Glory of Morrissey Hall. I have attempted to look for recordings of The Utter Glory of Morrissey Hall and have yet to yeah. be able to find one. Yeah, no, um, neither have I. I just only know of its existence. Yeah, so th- this is Clark Gessner's one-hit wonder. I know. By and away. But it sounds like he was just a really big fan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because he was, so he worked on the concept album for a couple years and was like trying he before he got permission to do it um from the uh-huh. the comic book syndicate company um yeah and then he finally sent a recording off to charles schultz who penned the peanuts comic strip who then loved uh-huh. it and was like we must do this and then it happened excellent um Which is crazy total passion project he's the original know, Lin-Manuel I'm, miranda basically <laughs> many compare him <laughs> to this day um <laughs> But no, I love. I really love that. Um, and yep. then book by John Gordon. Okay, so let's talk about this. So <laughs> people say that the book isn't by John Gordon. The book is by everyone. I don't understand. Yeah, it sounds like it was a very company-devised piece. Um, uh-huh. There are a bunch of non-sung vignettes in this that Gessner didn't write as a part of the original script. And mm-hmm. although I haven't read this specifically anywhere, my sense is that John Gordon so, kind of corralled the actors into creating these vignettes. Uh-huh. Well, so in the in the it's in the blurb of this the script and like <laughs> the um the kind of director's note kind of thing, um, where it says that it's, it's a big collaboration. Um, yeah. and then it was like, so wait, does John Gordon not exist? Right. Is John Gordon a person at all? Or is John Gordon just the pseudonym for the cast where like all the letters of their names? <laughs> Who knows? Right. Exactly. But because like, you know, it, it doesn't, there's no Wikipedia link to John Gordon. Yeah. So I, it's a great question. Forever the mysteries lost to the the the, the annals of time. That might not be the right word. Um. Annals, but we'll go with annals because we're gay. We're gay guys. <laughs> so Woo! a book, a book, kind of written by everyone and no one. Um, yeah. And then it opened off Broadway in 1967. Um, tried to transfer to Broadway, but didn't do too great. But was a huge hit off Broadway. Yeah, um, and then huge was revived. Hit in 99 with significant revisions um by andrew lippa yeah almost a whole new show it's i i would love to talk about this because i find the changes in the original your good man charlie brown and the revival your good man charlie brown fascinating yeah for sure Z's. um and we will we will talk about it don't you worry thomas 
<laughs> Good. I was worried worry. for a second. My heart was palpitating. For... Absolutely. Emperor palpitating. Um, Emperor palpit. That's funny. I love that. That's who I think Snoke is, by the way. Yeah. I'm Emperor saying it palpitating. now. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's Palpatine. Star Wars spoiler alerts, Jimmy. I think it is. I think we'll he's a force ghost. this moment in the in the podcast. I think he's George Lucas. I think it's just the embodiment of George Lucas. That be? How awful is that? <laughs> anyway, what's the sh- Sorry, yes. Yeah, <laughs> We're getting off, off the rails right no. away. What's the show? What's the show about, Jimmy? Okay, so this is, like you said earlier, this is a collection of vignettes. It's almost a collection of comic strips, effectively, mm-hmm. um, of the Peanuts family or some of the Peanuts family. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of penned as a day in the life of Charlie Brown, but we do certainly get to see all all the hijinks of all of his friends at the same time. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, it it is like a collection of comics. I would say, <laughs> comic book adaptations for musical theater is an interesting subgenre that is larger than you think. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are they are generally unsuccessful when they're about superheroes, and successful yes. when they're not. Um, so you've got your good man, Charlie Brown, you've got Annie, which is technically mm-hmm. based off of a comic strip. Um, mm-hmm. and then in the unsuccessful category, you've got, uh, Spider-Man turn off the dark. Um, it's a bird that's playing bird, Superman. Yeah. But it, it's interesting to talk about these in the context of musical theater because comic strips are by design entirely episodic. You know, you have three or four panels every week to make a tiny little joke for 50 years yeah um which is the peanuts and so it is interesting to see this show as a show as one collective you know one to one and a half hour evening instead of three simple squares in a newspaper yeah but so jimmy in england what's your experience of the peanuts so i live in scotland in Uh... scotland where you live (laughs) been a long day i'm the worst it's okay same uh, it's fine they're just the same aren't they they're, aren't they connected they're the same country right yeah it's all just one big land island so so i mean well we know we know peanuts for sure <laughs> it's certainly bigger than calvin and Hobbes. okay but i is would it, like is it bigger than say the wombles yeah, well, the Wombles are just old hat now. Like, nobody... Like, okay. Peanuts has kind of stood the test of time in that respect. Like, the Wombles yeah. are just, like, vintage. They're just dead now? Um, okay. Yeah. But like, I'm trying... I'm try- that's quite a good little comparison, though. Um, yeah. Because I feel... I, I, I think it's I, something that's British that has stood the test of time. I can't. Yeah, I, uh, I like only the, have the mild... Beetle, but you don't know Okay, I don't know what that is. I only have yeah. mild understanding of Wombles. Um, yeah. But but in the I same mean, I mean in the, in the same way like so where was Peanuts published it was in, in was it in a newspaper yeah uh, Saturday morning Sunday morning newspaper cartoons um do you right. have do you have newspapers do you have comic strips I assume so um, <laughs> yeah we do we've got like we've got Scottish specific ones like we've got the Bruins we've got Urwilly um, okay and they're huge like that's a that's a scottish phenomenon and again still going to this day everyone knows who they are but that's very yeah. scotland specific um okay but i'm just like i'm thinking i don't think we ever got peanuts in our papers okay that makes sense you know i, I mean? do 
I think, and we I don't, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on why, but there is something that feels decidedly American about some of the content of Peanuts mm-hmm. strips. Um, I don't quite know why. Maybe something with Charlie Brown trying to unsuccessfully hit a football connotation mm-hmm. um you know charlie brown is kind of the youth embodiment of the american dream maybe but we're getting kind of wanky and philosophical there um, yeah but even just like you know dog houses and uh right lemonade stands and yeah there's a, there's something american and teachers about and like you know i mean it's just it's yeah. a very yeah. midwestern fantasy yeah. yeah but i i would say peanuts charlie brown is iconic as is as iconic as maybe Doctor Who would be. Um, has been going mm-hmm. on for as long, and certainly different genres, but is a stalwart of a character. And in, it affects the world that this musical lives in, because no one is going to see this show not knowing who Charlie Brown is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I would even say that here. Like, they definitely know who Snoopy is. You know what I okay. mean? Yeah. Um, Snoopy's, like, Snoopy's found its way into, like, top shop okay and it's like yep. oh you've got your snoopy brand thing and like vans have just done a uh campaign of like uh, charlie brown inspired shoes um, uh, that's oh there i mean uh, we might talk about it a little bit but charles schultz would be rolling over in his grave oh absolutely um so like it's it's they you know what i mean it's, it's totally and like they had them the movie like the 3d animation movie recently oh, i forgot that happened yeah um, but is that is that viewed as like a an American import or as just a movie? I don't know. I guess that's a weird question. Yeah, I know what you mean though. But no, it just just as a movie. It's not like okay. it's super specific. You know, if they like, for example, like um, I'm, I'm maybe digging a hole here, but like the tech, you know, the text just come onto Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah. The tech never really took off here. Okay. So that I feel like that is I don't know I I don't know though I'm, know, I'm not, not I've not got a great <laughs> right okay <laughs> like I've not it's, got like a great example of like it is it is hard to find something that is as popular as Charlie Brown is um yeah. and that is as pervasive as Charlie Brown oh I guess I, the other comic book musical I missed was the Adams Family um of but course, that is another yeah. decidedly American group of characters. Um, you know, yeah. you will recognize Uncle Fester immediately. Um, but I think even more so Charlie Brown. Literally everyone knows who Charlie Brown. And like to the point where you kind of don't know why you know about Charlie Brown. It's just yeah. that pervasive. Uh, no, completely. And like, because that's the thing is I couldn't tell you the first, my first experience of the Peanuts comics. But yeah. I could tell you four of the characters. Do you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Um, and so it, it's interesting to see a piece of work based on this. But so um, maybe we let's let's talk about the Peanuts chronology, shall we, Jimmy? Let's do it. Peanuts, um, they started 
back in the 1950s. And Charles, like a lot of these things, Charles Schultz was using some of the same characters beforehand. Like Charlie Brown had appeared in some earlier comics before that. But the first mm. time the Peanuts were in a comic strip was in the 1950s. Um, and like the the drawing style was a little different, but the characters were about the same as you expect today. Um, yeah. And so it becomes super popular through the 50s. And then the 60s are really, if you imagine, like, that's where what we now view as Charlie Brown and his friends started to take off. That's when Peppermint Patty came in. That's when Snoopy started flying his doghouse. Like, there are all sorts of these typical Peanuts plots that happen in the 60s. Um mm-hmm. And then this is where I think it gets really interesting about the inception of your good man, Charlie Brown, the revival or the original versus the revival. So a Charlie Brown Christmas, the Christmas special happens in 1965. Um, And that's the first time Charlie Brown talks and moves and has longer stories. And I think very importantly, has a musical soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And so that's when Vince Giraldi started composing music for Charlie Brown. Um, and you know Linus and Lucy, the song. Have you heard the song? Do you know the song? Sure. Really? Oh, God. I'll have to. So we don't get a Charlie Brown Christmas. No way. Okay. This is a Christmas story all over again. Like, so we. This might be all new stuff for you then. Um,. Okay, Vince Giraldi, um, do you know the Pink Panther theme? I do. I know that um, one. Or do you know maybe less, uh, more, maybe more obscure, but the March of the Elephants? Um, from Vince Jungle Giraldi, Book? No, from oh. a weird live-action movie that I can't remember the name of. Um, Vince Giraldi has a very jazz jazz sound um mm-hmm. you know it's it's very impromptu jazz um piano and saxophone and oboe um and it became with a charlie brown christmas the charlie brown musical sound um ah. and was in all of the tv specials afterwards so it's a great pumpkin charlie brown and um all sorts of um other there were like 30 charlie brown specials between the Groovy. 60s 70s and 80s all scored by vince giraldi in this kind of jazzy sound but without like songs but without songs um okay. eventually they did your good man charlie brown had an in-between step between um i think it was between the original production and the revival where they made an animated special of your good man charlie brown which yeah, is a fascinating middle step yeah um but so what this means that. is the original You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which premiered in 1967, but ostensibly um, Gessner was composing it far before that, was composed concurrently with all the Vince Giraldi jazzy sound of Charlie Brown. So he mm. didn't know that this was to be the sound of Charlie Brown. And I think... Think, and maybe we'll talk about this later when we compare it, but that's why the original production sounds so different from the revival. Because the revival existed in this world where Charlie Brown already had a musical sound. Interesting. Okay. Um, but so I think I'll, I'll send you some Vince Gerald music after this, but it is... So that's like the... Da, da, da. Yes, yes, exactly that. That's Vince Giraldi, Um, which does not sound like the original production, right? 
No, but yes, I would say yes and no. But maybe I just don't know enough of his stuff. But then okay. I would also say that the revival doesn't sound like that either. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about that then. So we'll talk about um, yeah. But so Charlie Brown had a bunch of television specials throughout this and then was hugely popular and then well in syndication um, for many, many years. Um, and I believe Charles Schultz passed away mm. in... 2000s. 2000. And it went pretty close. I think he retired a little earlier. I think it stopped being syndicated in 95 or 96, maybe. Um, And then he had a couple things that were published afterwards, like when he passed and things like that. Um, And so, but it's a 50 year saga of characterization and character development and all in this kind of like deeply literature-influenced and psychological commentary on adult life through children, um, which definitely shines in the musical, for sure. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. all I have to say. That's that's your that's your peanuts rundown, Jimmy. <laughs> Thank you so much. I feel nutty. <laughs> the only thing I know about peanuts is that it comes from Heidi Doody. Really? Is that where you got the name? I don't actually know that. Yeah. It's the huh. name of the audience in Howdy Doody. Okay. <laughs> That's my fact. <laughs> These are little known facts <laughs> that now you know. It's a beautiful rendition. You could play you. Lucy right now. I, I mean, I am. <laughs> Sally? Oh. I never know which is which. That was Lucy, yeah. That oh, was Lucy? So Lucy. All right. I love Lucy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> Another Americanism. How dare you usurping our culture? I'm steeped in them. Um, see this great. Tree? It is a fir tree. It's called a fir tree because it gives us fur for coats. It also gives us wool in the wintertime. It's very interesting, Lucy. I never knew that before. This is an elm tree. It's very little, but it will grow up. Giant tree, an oak. You can tell how old it is by counting its leaves. Gosh, that's fascinating. Now, wait a minute, Lucy. I don't mean to interfere, but. And way up there, those fluffy little white things, those are clouds. They make the wind blow. And way down there, those tiny little black things, those are bugs. They make the grass grow. Is that so? Uh huh. They run around all day long, tugging and tugging at every little seedling till it grows up to be a giant blade of grass. Boy, that's amazing. Oh, good grief. Thank you very much for that history lesson. That was lovely. Um, <laughs> what I would like to talk about um, is mm-hmm. with the show. Um, yes. So. This is another one Jimmy's worked on. I feel like the past fair few, I've been like, ah, oh, yeah, it's another one from my, my girls. Uh-huh. My, um, but so I choreographed for this one. Uh-huh. Um, and it was my good friend Stella who was directing it. Um, okay. And now Stella could be a, a Peanuts character. And she won't mind me saying that. <laughs> um, but she just in terms of her tone and her, um, her just general air... She has mm-hmm. a very, very dry, very, very um, cynical and slightly confusing, but really okay. enthralling mm-hmm. way about her, right? Um, yeah. So she was in many ways like the perfect director for it because she instantly got 
what yeah. it was all about. Um, but it's actually really, really difficult, I think, to put it on a stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh. Because it's it's a really specific type of humour. Um, yes. Dressed up as a comedy show. Yeah. And it, it's it's easy to fall into the, like, child trap of it all. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I think it's it's really really tough, and I find I find it quite interesting in the um, actual like chronology of the show mm-hmm. um, and how it's how it's structured. Um, so yeah. obviously we open with the the kind of monologues, mm-hmm. um, well not monologues, the like sentences. I don't know. Um, yeah, from each of the kind characters, the m- saying mini what soliloquies. Like. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, miniloquies. <laughs> we'll go for that. I like that. Um, well done. Thank you. Uh, so obviously it opens with them. Um, and then we have your good man, Charlie Brown, our first song. Mm-hmm. And that's all good fun. Um, and then you get the first little vignette strip, um, mm-hmm. which in the revival, in, in the version that we did, question, mm-hmm. don't yeah. know if you know the answer. Can you still do the original version? I don't know. I have been unable to source an original script. So I'm, while I can compare the cast recordings, I'm unsure what the vignettes look like in the original. Okay. But can you, can, can it be licensed anymore or is it just the revival? I've, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Because we, so we did the revival. <clears throat> so that's yeah. what I'm going to speak about because that's what I know. Um, but I'm sure it's probably really similar. Uh, the only thing being, so the opening monologue is, is Sally. Um, so mm-hmm. it's probably Lucy in the yeah. the original that would make sense um, yeah and it's this really really short one which is like my report on history um mm-hmm. history is i can't remember the joke but it's just really really short and it ends in its classic charlie brown style of like not really ending right and she just walks up you know what i mean and it, it yeah it really it, that kind of sets the audience right up for okay so if yeah. you didn't like that Best right, of luck. time to leave. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But then it's all kind of made okay because you get mm-hmm. the peanut butter monologue, mm-hmm. um, which is filled with all of the nostalgia, um, and yeah. you you know you get to see oh the little redheaded girl um, and uh, Lu- uh, Lucy's in it and well Sally's mm-hmm. in it as well and um, it, it feels more like a normal scene. Yeah, well, and it it starts to it starts what through line there is of this show, mm-hmm. maybe, you know. Uh, yeah, but is there a through line, Tommy? Oh, Jimmy, I think this is the the perfect musical review. I really do. Yeah, I think this is the most perfectly structured of this kind of musical review. Say, separate from a song cycle. Um, okay. Where And, you know, we won't get in the weeds about that entirely again. But a show about certain themes mm-hmm. where we don't need to stick to too close of a climactic arc about a specific character or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we see it through. I like, I put your good man Charlie Brown up there with company as musical review A+. Interesting. Okay, can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, like... It's 
we're following all these disparate characters who are telling their own individual stories in tiny little moments, but we are still, there is like the sparkle of a theme throughout the whole thing that we're not, it is far from baseball bat over the head for the audience. Um, but we're just, you know, we're just leaning into like, what is it like to be a child? What are these insecurities that human beings have to deal with no matter their age? Mm-hmm. Do they go away when you're a child or not? You know, like it's it's Charlie Brown's monologue at the beginning. Like, how could anything go wrong on us on such a beautiful day like this? Mm-hmm. Alarm rings. Oh, no, I'm late. Like it is that theme exploded across concluding with, I guess it hasn't been such a bad day after all. Mm-hmm. Happiness is, you know, finding a pencil pizza with sausage and like. The whole show isn't explicitly about those things, mm-hmm. but all of those things inform that ending moment. And that ending moment right, wouldn't okay. be as effective without all the moments in between. Yeah, okay, you know? okay. Sorry, I thought you were meaning there's like a plot. No, 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 no. But like, like honestly, like Company. Um, company doesn't have a plot. No, but exactly. it has yeah. a a bunch of tiny vignettes and i i would call this as intellectual and as well structured as stephen sondheim's company yeah i i by the way i'd totally be right there with you i i adore it i love the tone of it i do know a lot of people who hate it um and we found that with some of our houses like yeah they they just weren't they just weren't buying it um because they were there for a musical and they got a sketch comedy show yeah songs um and I get, I told, I do totally get that. But I feel it's probably in the same way that a lot of people don't like company. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's not, you, you know, you have to do some work at it, which I yeah. think some people don't like when they're going to see a piece of musical theater. Yeah, exactly. They want to be exactly. led by the hand throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what I feel like with Charlie Brown though as well, you don't have to do that much work because the characters are so consistent. And yeah, I think really... I think that's us talking now. I don't know. Not that. I having, think, I think they are because with something like Company, you don't get a lot yeah. of development of like I think Sarah. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, she has her, but her like, brief scene. But this is this is where it depends on where you're meeting the musical. Like if you if you come into this and maybe you know a little bit about Charlie Brown, but maybe you mm-hmm. don't know too much about Linus. Mm-hmm. You have to do. They don't. There's not a. You know, Linus's exposition song is already assuming that you know a lot about what Linus is and what Linus is about. See, I don't know, though, because I think I think it's all there. I really think it's all there. Because by that point, yeah. Linus has had his moment of, I'm a baby, but I speak like I'm 40 years old. Like I'm and have 47. Been working in, yeah. Yeah, and, and the academia. Um, I guess that's true. But and then obviously when you've got my blanket and me, it's a really it's mm. just a really simple song. You get yeah. oh that's cute because he's a baby, um, right? And he loves his blanket, and he yeah. he really loves his you know what I mean and like that's a fun little thing. Um, and you yeah. see his relationship then with Lucy, which is kind of mm-hmm. built on as the the rest of the show progresses till the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I guess that's true. You might. So have I think I think actually that. could it be better than Company? <laughs> Could this be the best <laughs> musical review? I, I think it's definitely more accessible than Company. Mm-hmm. Um, Company asks a lot more of its audience than your good man Charlie Brown does. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think also 
that, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Because company is more obtuse, you mm-hmm. can... It's eat like there's a wider margin for mistake in company. You can mm-hmm. lean into maybe not the best choices and still get away with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with Charlie Brown, if you don't hit the nail right on the head, it falls flat. Like if you go, and I think the original does this with some of the revi- with some of the like xylophone underscoring and like, ah, oh, homework to start um, the book report song. Um, uh-huh. It's it's a little too like ha 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 we're children um, and I do I think the revival swings the pendulum even maybe a little too far in the other direction where it's like you know we are all dressed in the same costumes of the similar characters that you might recognize from stage and screen um, it, there's there's a, a thin middle line I think you have to land on for to make your good man Charlie Brown work for to yeah. make your good man Charlie Brown work. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, well, so hey, so you just mentioned the revival. Yeah. And the, the very different. So let's talk, I think we should talk a bit more about that. Let's clear that. Let's, let's do it. They expect us to ride a book before of any quality in just two days. the extreme pressure exerted on him by his deeply rooted rivalry with Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. If I think I'm writing now, what's about which? The book we is So, Jimmy, you had just discovered the original in this, in, in prep for this, right? Yeah, uh-huh. so because I knew it was there, but I'd never been able to find it. Um, what, what, what are your initial reactions? What do you think of it? Well, I just... Having listened to the revival first. Yeah, well, I think it's sweet, um, and there are some real nice moments. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it's good that you get more of the sketches, yeah, there's definitely more dialogue recorded in it. For sure. So that's um, something that the revival lacks. But um I think I just I just prefer the revival. But is it just because I know it and say that good question? That's a good question. I like I I inc- I took them both out of the library at the same time. So I heard them both at the same time. Um, cool. Back in high school. Um and it's I like the revival more. I think the revival's jokes land better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think so. I imagine a lot of people who are listening to this have heard the revival and not heard the original. That yeah. seems to be the way people experience the show. Um, yeah. The best way to, I think, describe the differences are to talk about the songs that are new in the revival. And in the revival, almost every song is rewritten to a certain bit. If it doesn't have just new underscoring, it has whole new sections or phrases Mm -hmm. or choruses, and then there are a couple new songs. Um, The new songs in the revival are My New Philosophy and Beethoven Day. Um, And if I think the peppiness that those come with embody the energy that was given to the revival that didn't quite exist in the original um Mm -hmm. but i would pose that they are both products of their time um the 1960s original sounds like a 1960s musical Mm -hmm. um and like yeah it totally does and it's hard to pinpoint why, because, you know, it doesn't sound like, say, hair. <laughs> um, but there is, there is, like, the 1960s, the 1967 version of this, I would peg as a tribal musical. Um, it's right. a, about a company working together, especially knowing that most of the company wrote the show, mm-hmm. wrote the vignettes and the book to it. There's something about it that just feels like that. And, like, we are... You know, there are, there are fewer buttons at the ends of songs to let you know when a joke happened. Yeah. Um, the whole, the thing that bugs me um, at the very beginning is Charlie Brown's monologue exists. And I think it's such a beautiful monologue. Mm-hmm. How could anything go wrong on a day like this? And then nothing happens. The chorus comes in and it's like, bum ba dum bum bum you're a good man, Charlie yeah. Brown. And like, it doesn't set you up with that reversal. Um, yeah. But they are such products of their times. And it's a really, really interesting case study into some of the tiny tweaks you can do to a show that will entirely change its tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Like, they're different, they're different shows. Oh, absolutely different shows. And also, it kind of, it kind of questions, like, how does it, how does it work? That's not that wasn't phrased well. Um, yeah, it makes what do you, you mean? kind of question like which one works better? Yes, yes. Like, wh- why did they make these choices in the revival? What are they trying to say? Yes, because you know you you've seen their first draft. Yeah, exactly. So I've got a theory. It could be yeah. bunnies. Do you know that reference? It could be bunnies. I don't know that reference. Oh, it's Buffy. Okay, the Vampire Buffy. Slayer. Yes, that's actually from the musical, Tommy. So you should. You should I, that. I don't. I don't watch Buffy. You should. <laughs> you really should, especially the musical episode. It's good. Anyway, oh my god, I can't wait to do a podcast on that. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so, history lesson: We all know that the off-Broadway production, you know, ran for over a thousand performances. It was hugely successful. Mm-hmm. It. Once it closed and it went on Broadway, it flopped. Um, yes. Now, that could easily be because of 50,000 reasons to do with money and, you yep. know, recouping costs, blah, 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 S- Size of house, like all sorts of things. Yeah. But I think what it probably will be because um, uh-huh. is because it just doesn't work scaled up. Yeah. I can't see, and this is something that I, I really do 
I do kind of struggle with is that I can't see how you can, you know, allometrically just scale this show up into a bigger yeah. house because it's so like the content of it is so bare. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, well, and I don't, I don't mean that in the sense that it's, you know, it doesn't do anything. Just as in, it's really stark, and that's the whole. Yeah, point. There, there's not a, you know, there's not a lot of spectacle to it. It's not a gigantic story. Not um, at all. It's also, it's not even like big in its simplicity in a way that, like, maybe something like Evan Hansen would be. Where right. It's yeah, a, I know it's what a you mean. Big by that. story about one person. Um, uh huh. But I, I think about, have you seen Kristen Chenoweth perform at what I assume is the Tonys, My New Philosophy? Yes, um, yes. And like, I love that song. I love Kristen Chenoweth. And mm-hmm. something about that performance seems too big, you know? Yeah. It just seems, it just seems a little bit off. So obviously, so when, yeah. when we did it, we did it at the Fringe. Um, mm-hmm. And it is performed at the Fringe almost every year. There's always someone of doing course. it. Of course. Um, and it works. It works absolutely perfectly because you're working in a tiny little house and yeah. a really simple set. Um, and, you know, you just kind of go with it and it's all there. You don't need to try and you don't feel uncomfortable. Right. Whereas you watch because, yeah. you know, so this is performed by so many high schools yeah. all the time. All, oh, yes. Hugely popular high school show. Um, and you watch a lot of their productions. And yeah. You know they're in their huge, ridiculous stages that you guys have. It's just uh-huh. silly. I, th- I think it's just so silly yeah. because there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And so what well, they it's... have to, what they do is they then overcompensate by mm-hmm. making the characters stupid and like running yeah. around and like at no point did that ever happen in any of the comics. Right. Other and, than like, like the Snoopy dance of themselves. Yeah, but even that, you know, it is. I. It's. It feels like. Oh man, I wonder if I can cha- turn this into a you know truism about musical theater. But like mm. this musical exists at comic book distance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the distance from your face that you read a comic book. It's not movie distance. It can't be as big as a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's yep. not like right up at your nose where it's like this intimate kitchen sink drama or something. But mm-hmm. it is. It is only just so far away from you, and. If you lose that, you lose an acorn that's important in the show, you know? For sure. I really think so. I really think so. So, I, I mean, like, I've never seen it in a big Broadway house. And, like, it did really it did really well um, when it yeah. got revived. Um, but what they had to do was they had to change it. You know what I mean? Andrew Little yeah. came in and mm-hmm. gave it an injection of adrenaline to make it go... Yeah. Um, Huge. Huge. You compare even the songs, like even songs that remain relatively unchanged. The book mm-hmm. report. Um, I team, think the book report is a great game. example, actually. I think book yeah. is a really good example because it's it's only been ever so slightly tweaked, but tweaked yeah. in the direction of scale. Yeah, it's crazy. Like there's maybe 16 bars at the end that are new, but other mm-hmm. than that, it's like it's like changes you could get away with without like just licensing the show you know yeah like if you license the original production we're like we're just gonna up the tempo a little bit and change the inflection right here mm-hmm. you it wouldn't be a new song but it was it's enough yeah and i i mean i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's bad that's the thing is it, it's really good and yeah um, it works it 
it's just it's just straight. I don't know. It's just strange. Yeah. I find well, it really strange. I think I'd love to see the 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 revival. I'd love to have seen it. Yeah, and I'm sure someone out there who's listening to this podcast has seen it. So we'd really yeah. love to know their experience of it and how they felt. Like just particularly with yeah. the the sketches. Like how do you do a four second long sketch? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was drunk. I was drunk. Broadway Broadway house. And it suddenly it all seems so futile, and then you walk yeah. off. Yeah. How how does that work in a Broadway house? How do you make that land? Well, and one of the things that baffles me is that so many of these songs written not even for Off-Broadway, but just as, you know, a concept album, were able to be so subtly tweaked into something that seems wonderfully appropriate for a larger Broadway house. Mm-hmm. You know, that that doesn't happen. I don't think there are a lot of shows that do that i think when you see off-broadway to broadway transfers you have shows that are slightly too big for off-broadway and that become either slightly too small or appropriately sized for broadway you don't get a lot of shows that are like appropriately off-broadway sized and then successfully transfer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well so so the one that kind of always jumps into my head is spelling bee yes because i feel and i feel like in many ways they're they're quite comparable the two um, yeah. just because we're dealing with adults playing kids and you mm. know the kind of themes that they're talking about of kids struggling being kids yeah and how no that's a good comparison blah, 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 blah. i've never thought um, about that but yeah and obviously spelling be hugely successful off broadway mm-hmm. going on to broadway it kind of became again a different show there was lots more staging happened um yeah it, it, it again it had that big shot of you know 20 right. volts to go um yeah but i think what spelling bee has that's different obviously from from this and that maybe would make it uh, that maybe made it a lot more successful on broadway um was the improv element yes and well, i think that's and, that's its usp you know what i mean that's the yes the thing. yeah and i think the part of why that doesn't exist in charlie brown whether it's an improv element or that, like, new exciting energy to it, Mm -hmm. is because, you know, not that there are Charlie Brown Trekkies out there. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think there are a lot of people going to Comic-Con dressed up as Charlie Brown characters, maybe. or There are certainly people who are passionate about these characters. But it's still an external character who exists. Um, It's the same way that people have really... Um, heartfelt opinions about how Harry Potter exists in the world um, Uh and whether you're being true to this character that exists. Um, And with Spelling Bee, these characters don't exist outside the show. So however they exist in the show is how they exist. Whereas Charlie Brown has a reputation, has, you know, there are traits that exist about Charlie Brown. And if they're not in this show, then it's not a good Charlie Brown show. Um, And that's a, a difficult thing to struggle against. Yeah, I do. I do find it. I find it really difficult, and I want to know why the revival was so successful. I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously, it wasn't like groundbreakingly successful. No, but it was. It was still very successful. Um, I mean, it it did well where the original off Broadway to Broadway transfer did not. You know, mm-hmm. something something changed. Whether it was people's perception about what a Broadway show is, or the new changes they added to it, or yeah. my guess, somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, maybe that's but maybe yeah, it's, it's less to just you know stick Chris and Chinna within there. You're done. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> we're also needed. we're we're talking late '90s, early 2000s. This these are the black years. Like, yeah, that's this, true. This 
this is a time when anything that's mildly good will be good. That is also very, very yeah. true, Thomas. No no offense to you, Jerome Roberts Broadway, but mm-hmm. Jerome Robbins Broadway, whatever the hell it is. I, I don't even want to remember what it is. That's okay. I hate everything. Um, um. But yeah, no, it's, it, that's a very good point. Um, yeah. But hey, it did launch Kristen Chenoweth's career, so... It did, crazily. You sure it wasn't her as the waitress and nurse number two in A New Brain? <laughs> Hello! Hello! <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm pretty I sure, am actually. the thin nurse. <laughs> I'm, I'm reasonably, reasonably sure about that one. Um, I find that baffling. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 tricky. That's what I yeah. would say. It's a good. I I highly encourage anyone interested in musical theater listen to both of these albums back to back. Yeah. Um, it is a wonderful exercise in comparative musical theater. And it's an opportunity that doesn't exist very often. You mm. don't get big changes between originals and revivals like you do here. People try and stick to the original a lot and like add one or two different things. But they change this whole hog. And so yeah. it gives you a good sense of how perspectives and aesthetic changed yeah. between the 60s and the 90s. And I would also say as well, if you... If you're going to be directing this or, you know, putting this on, um, if you're doing it in a small house, listen to the, listen to the original. Because yeah. the way that they deliver the jokes, they're delivering it for a small house. Um, yeah. And they, I, I would say that they hit on the tone. I think they hit the tone a lot better than... Yeah, I, the, I agree. The, ...the Broadway. Um, yeah. I like, the, I like the acting in the original better and I like the music in the revival better. Yeah, I would. There we go. That's it. That's it. It's the best of both worlds, Miles Cyrus. Oh God, Tommy! I don't. Please don't taint our podcast with (laughs) Miley Cyrus. Apparently, she's good again. What was she ever bad? So, if you're if you're putting this on. Okay, have you been in mm-hmm. this? Have you been involved in the production of? I YAG? surprisingly, you... I've never been. I have never, in any capacity, been involved in a production of Your Good Man Charlie Brown, which is baffling based on the yeah. amount of high school theater I've done. But no, yeah, I've exactly. never actually done this show. Okay, have you have you seen a like amateur production? I've never, I've never seen it. I've read the script. I've cool. listened to the album, but I've never seen it performed. Right. Okay. Because it's it is interesting because obviously you know traditionally and by that i mean professionally is performed mm-hmm. by adults um right it has a huge life in high schools yes and you have these very two different things um yeah very similar to, again to spelling bee um mm-hmm. where it's adults playing kids or kids playing kids um, right and i think it's a very important to acknowledge yeah because it changes everything <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I've always, one of the, one of the reasons I'm a high school theater teacher um, is because I think high school theater is the last chance to do theater for fun. Mm -hmm. Anytime beyond that, you're doing it for fun and something else for fun and in preparation for a job or for fun and as distraction from your day job or as a profession. Um, But high school is the last chance to do it just cause and there's something fun about that um Mm -hmm. but as like a side tangent to that high school is one of the last chances where you can play someone vastly different from yourself and everyone's okay with it Mm -hmm. you know no it like 
when they do professional productions of You Can't Take It With You, old people play the old people, and yeah. young people play the young people. But when high schools do it, you wear old age makeup, uh-huh. you know? And, like, ridiculous old age makeup. And you play an 85-year-old, and that doesn't happen as much professionally. You might yeah. be a 40-year-old playing an 85-year-old, but yeah. that's different. Um, I mean, I'm so it's interesting to, Right? Like, you don't get to do that outside yeah. of educational theater. Um, and so to see it turned on its head with something like Your Good Man Charlie Brown or Spelling Bee, where kids are playing kids... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it falls in that category in my mind, and I find it fascinating. And I don't yeah. have, I don't know what to think about it. I know because that's the thing is like you're like, well, does it work? And I, I'm, yeah. I'm almost inclined to say no because yeah. again, so you there's there's so many there are so many high school productions on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a plethora, and some of them are actually really good. There's some amazing yeah. voices. It seems to attract some really good talent. Um, there's a. I saw um, Zach Efron was on some <laughs> late night talk show, and right. they hauled out his high school production of "You're a Good wow. Man, Charlie Brown" with him as Snoopy singing something, right. supper time or whatever. Um, and you I'm know, to get weird that the show notes. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's, there's loads there, but they're always, they're always kids. And this is, this is, it's going to be really difficult to try and articulate any of this. So one of the, one of the kind of key struggles you have when you're putting this on is getting that idea of you're being a child, but you're Mm -hmm. being childlike, not childish. Yes, that is a great way to put it. And it's really, really challenging to yeah. strike that balance when you're an adult. Yeah. It's in the same way, you know, when you're when you act drunk, you know, yeah. it's it's not a case of being like, oh my god. Right. So people crazy. people who are drunk on stage are often trying hard not to be drunk. It's exactly. like you want you if it's much more interesting to watch someone try not to cry than it is to watch them actually cry. Exactly. Um, and so how do you do that when... Because you can't be like, it's so much interesting to watch an adult try and not be a child. But that's effectively yeah. what they're trying to do. And especially yeah. with Peanuts, where you have these kids who are yeah. adults. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. these kids who do adult things and talk right. about adult things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they are they are like 90% adult. And then you need the ridiculous 10% to come out effortlessly and not as a parody and not as a character caricature exactly. but like completely in earnest just pure yeah pure naivety um yeah and that's it's so tricky it's so so tricky it's, it's hard so you would think oh okay well the solution for that would just be cast kids yeah but when you but cast it, kids they don't get that because they don't get that they need to have na- the right. naivety what they just then do is just perform it. Yeah. And for them, you know, especially if you think high schoolers, high schoolers think kids and they think kids who are actually the age that the peanuts are supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. like six, seven, eight, but yeah. the peanuts don't act like six, seven, eight year olds at all. Um, exactly. It's like, have you, this, have you seen the Rugrats? Uh-huh. It, um, it's, you know, it's that they're kids, but it's the secret life of kids. Yeah. Um, and in their own world, they are not children. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, completely. No, I don't know. That, like, there's no adults in this show. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's Miss Miss B, that's, the, you know, someone who's off stage. Uh, right. There are no, there are yeah. no adults. And, and, and so, is it, a, you know, it's a silly question to ask, is it okay to do this show as a high school? Because everyone will continue to. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> But no. it does... It does. It does take an extra level of care, you know. Mm. It it the the difficulty is. I think the reason this is a popular high school show. In fact, I know the reason this is a popular high school show is because it's kids, and yeah. there are many many drama directors across the world who are like, if we just put the kids as playing people their own age or younger, they will have the life the life experience to do it justice. Yeah, but that's a trap with this show yeah because it doesn't work well and so you need to like double meta it it's Mm. like when a when a british person is on an american show doing an american accent as their character and then pretending to be a british person for like a joke or a shtick or something and then they have to do a british american accent yeah there's like yes. several layers. Or it's like yeah. Helena Bonham Carter pretending to be Hermione Granger, pretending to be Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, precisely. You like there's a bunch of layers you have to incorporate to make it successful. For sure. Um and it's it's just very, very it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. It's filled it it makes for a lot of not so great performances. Yeah, and that's a shame I feel, because it, so I've seen I've seen a fair few productions of it at the fringe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I think we did really, we did really well. I don't, I don't say that about everything I do. <laughs> I'm not gonna toot my own horn here. Well, but, uh, toot, toot. can I tell you why I think I know we did really well, Tommy? No, you can't. Um, well, okay, I'm, gonna say, well, I'm not gonna tell you. I'll tell the listeners. You can just go hockle your walkle. Um, so, what well, Anthony Rapp came and saw it. No uh, way. Yeah, so this is quite weird. I, I don't like, so my, my best friend Finley, he was playing um, Charlie Brown, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Rapp's like a fan of his because <laughs> um, <laughs> he was there doing um, what was his show called? No day but today. What was that his like right. solo show? Another, that sounds right. It was a line from Rent. Um, so he was over doing that at the Fringe, um, uh-huh. and he went to see Finley when he was doing Spring Awakening. He was playing um, mm-hmm. Moritz. And uh-huh. like stayed back after the show and was like to him like that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Um, wow, he was like so obsessed with it. and like Finley's extremely talented. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it, you know it was all deserved. And um, so anyway, it was, was played Charlie Brown and obviously Anthony Rapp played Charlie Brown in right in the revival and um, would kind of got his start there too <coughs> along with uh, Casey. No, this is that's post right. Is this? Is this post rent? Never mind that. Yeah, his um, haircut throws me off. I can't. I know I he's he always looks the same. He has always looked the same forever. Um, and so he, you know, again said about and like said he really enjoyed it, and again thought Finley was amazing. Um, so that's why I think we did quite a good job, Tommy. Uh, that's <laughs> hey, that's a high measure for success. I, for I, sure. I of musical theater performers, I think Anthony Rapp has very good aesthetic like viewing musical theater i don't say that about many musical theater performers i think it's no he knows yeah i think he knows his craft yeah 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 absolutely um but anyway that wasn't just a a free glow i do have a point behind that um (laughs) but like so i've seen i've seen others and i think what 
and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna focus in on Finley because I think he really nailed it. Mm. What he he really had, he was never trying to be a kid. He wasn't doing anything to be a kid. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was being cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And I think that really helped it because yeah. what that did was it, it helps the audience get into this world of things not really making sense. Why is this tone weird? And right. for him doing these kind of pantomime cartoon things, um, mm-hmm. it it was very you could you could just tell it wasn't you know the heightened reality thing. Um, yeah, but he wasn't doing it. He wasn't being a cartoon child. He was he was almost being a cartoon adult. Okay. as a child, it's it, yeah. It's diff- I, that's it. I don't really know what he did because it's acting. But yeah, he did it but very very there's, well. Yeah, I see that because it's like. Um, What's the best way to phrase this? It's like when you're doing comedy and you don't... The the thing's not funny to you. It's funny to the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you keep it inside a little bit. That's not the best metaphor. But there's something... There's something right in the middle about this show. It's a difficult tone to achieve. It really, really is. It's Um, such a fine line. Yeah. And it's dangerous because it seems really simple from the outside it seems like emoting it seems like using your hands and moving your face um but there's a lot more to it there's a lot of depth to all of it Mm -hmm. um you know it it's like we talk about this with high schoolers all the time because high schoolers are dramatic partially because of hormones and brain changes um but the have you've heard the like there's a, a philosophical discussion that like the first second of your life is the most important of your second of your life. Like when you are born, the very first second is the only second you've ever lived. And right. so it must be super important because it's the only one. And then you live for a second second. And now you've lived for two seconds and that second second is not as important as the first one. Uh-huh. And then you live for a full year. And the first year is the only year you've ever been alive. And so it seems like forever because it's all you know, because mm-hmm. you've been alive for a year. But then you're alive for two years and you're like, aha, well, here's another one. And now I've done it twice. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you extrapolate it to half a decade and then another decade. But by the time you're a high schooler, the stuff that seems super dramatic in high school is super dramatic to you because it's all you know. And that's as yeah. big as your world is. And... It's easy as an adult to qualify that as silly or overly dramatic or, you know, something stupid like that. But mm-hmm. that's not true for a high schooler, yeah. you know, seeing like a high schooler get totally down in the dumps because they, you know, broke up with their first uh-huh. significant other. And you're like, oh, how silly. But like puppy love is real to puppies and it's it's like that with your good man charlie brown this world is as real and as serious to these children because it's all they know mm-hmm. and the audience sits in that kind of middle world and you're trying to invigorate the sense that this is such a this is the end of the world this is you know this is the last day clearly some yeah. philosophies aren't for all people yeah for these children but you and your adult brain know that's not true and then the interest is where those two ideas meet in the middle mm-hmm. yeah i love that actually that was good good philosophy toby 
Yeah, I th- like that's that's the show. That's why this show's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Charlie Brown's good. Um, so we'll just one final question because we've not really talked about it, and people hate it when we don't yeah. do this. Um, what's your favorite mm-hmm. song? <laughs> um, I think the book report is musical theater genius. Mm-hmm. Um, both the book report and the baseball game are yeah. really good. Um, I've auditioned with the kite before. Um, okay, yeah, it's a great character piece. I'm sure it's overdone by now, um, but it it fits my character type very well. Yeah. Um, like second banana comedy, selling a story. Yeah, um, I think you, you'd I, also I really make like a, like a really good horse. Have I told you that before? I would love to play Horton. Oh, that's good. I, I would you'd just be insulted. But no. Oh, no, I would. Uh, Horton. Yeah, Horton. Do you all think they're Charlie quite similar? Br- I do. I think, you know, they're they're dopey and optimistic with a pessimism. Um, they're like, the glass exists. You know, it's not half full mm-hmm. or half empty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a. I have a lot of... I think it's those and then any character in the producers are all very high on my list. Yeah. Um, no, I totally, I like, I think the book report is stunning. It's so yeah. funny. It's, it's so, so fu- funny. And it's so real. I haven't even yeah. started yet. It's the best ending. Yeah. And again, so that, that was only included in the revival. Thank you so yeah. much, well, in, Andrew Lippup. In the original, it goes, it goes, I haven't even, st- oh no, you're right. You're right. It's a book report on Peter Rabbit. Blink. Yeah. yeah. But it's not as funny as in the revival. Exactly. Um, I also find it weird that was... that's the act one finale. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No. It's... Yeah. What's your favorite song? My favorite song. So I, as choreographer, I'd probably say Blanket Ballet. Uh, okay. The Blanket Ballet is probably the best thing I've ever done. Uh huh. And will ever Did do. you have a person as the blanket? Uh huh. Um, Why isn't there, is there a bad, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, blankets.tumblr.com? There's bad Snoopies, though. That'll be in the show notes. (laughs) Um, Which is totally fair. Um, So I do like that, but just that's just selfish. But no, I think from the Agile song, I'd agree with you. I'd I'd probably say um, Book Report, but I also love Choir Practice or Glee Club. Yeah, You know, and now that I'm thinking about it, like there are times when happiness comes up on my shuffle oh. and I still get a little like teary in the corner of my eyes. Right. Completely. It's a beautiful song. And it's so, it, that is the thing about happy, uh, happiness is it just, it encapsulates that 10% yeah. that we talked about before. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Adults could yeah. never sing happiness. No, but like happiness is telling the time. Oh. Like, what? Wh- wh- Tying what a shoelace. A f- what a philosophical concept. Like, oh, exactly. yes, it is. Yes, it's it so much is. It really um, is. It really, it just, yeah. these little, you know, oh. Yeah, they're yes. just cute little nuggets. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Good good musical. I mm-hmm. I have very few problems with your good man, Charlie Brown, which is rare in a piece of musical theater. Exactly. And it's one of those things, even with the problems, I love them. I'm like, oh, yeah. problem away, guys. Yeah. Did you know, um, so... I eventually downloaded this on iTunes very early in iTunes's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, I only knew it a little bit and listened to it a whole bunch. But apparently, my original download didn't include the song Supper Time at all. Oh. It just, like, missed it. And then something like three years later, 
I got an email from iTunes that was like, oh, we've noticed this problem in our system, and you have a new free download awaiting of this missing song from this album you've downloaded. I was like, what is this? And so Supper Time feels like this weird bonus song to me in this show that, like, I've never, I don't know as well. And that's just not true. That's not how it exists. Yeah. That's hilarious. Isn't that weird? Because I, I then to me, Supper Time is one of those like, oh, do we have to sit through this song again? I will skip Supper Time because um, it wasn't in the it wasn't in the original because it wasn't in the original, and it's a fine song. But like, I wonder if it was in the original, if I would have that opinion or not. I sometimes skip Supper Time, so maybe you would. Um, yeah, I sometimes have skip you all listened of Snoopy stuff. I don't really like Snoopy. Have you listened to his musical? Have you listened to the sequel? This is one of the few musicals with the Snoopy sequel. three exclamation marks. Uh, Snoopy. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have. Um, we'll talk about that when we talk about it. All right. <laughs> In 20 years. In 20 years' time. Yeah. No, we'll oh, talk about it because I, I have opinions about that. Okay. For next next Charlie Brown podcast, you heard it here, folks. We're going to go yeah. on until we're talking about it Snoopy. It will happen. Will this, will this be before or after Subways Are For Sleeping? Um... <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I think after. Okay, we got to talk. Three about exclamation marks like deserves that. I'm sorry. Yeah, subways are for sleeping. Also has three exclamation marks. They d- didn't make the posters, but it's a little known fact. That, that now, now you know. Yeah, now. Thank you, thank you. Lovely scene. She's the best. <laughs> Having a sister. Oh, Sharing a sandwich. Getting along. Happiness is anyone and anything at all that's loved by you. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Thomas, that was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. That was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Just before um, we get into the quiz question, I want to make a a public service announcement. Um, (laughs) So we've been getting loads and loads of people um, letting us know what shows they want us to cover. And we're never going to cover any of them. And yeah, exactly. The second you ask, we'll never do it. No, that's not true. It's the opposite, <laughs> actually. Um, basically, our rule with the podcast is nothing's off the table. It's true. Exactly. Um, but it's really good. To, it's good to know what you want us to talk about. Um, but mm-hmm. bear in mind, we plan these generally months in advance. Yes, yeah, we recorded prepared. this episode in 2008. Um. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So do tell us. Send us your requests. Yeah. But don't expect them to happen the next week. Is basically we, no, what 
know that we are we have a list we are writing them down and yes. you can be very excited when it happens yes exactly but do do let us know we love to hear yes and it's good to it's good to know what what you know what people are into out there what's in the musical theater zeitgeist yes and i don't know about you tommy but i've been getting some unsung heroes into my dms Oh, I've gotten a couple. I've gotten a couple too. I'm glad we've both gotten some. Hey, hey, hey. Get ready for the next one. <laughs> I think you're currently winning. Aren't we tied? I thought you won the first one and I won the second one. Oh, no, just on the second one? Yeah, but I, I, th- well, I think this will, will this be up by then? Yeah, it probably will. Uh, we'll yes. It. I've, I've so called that. Let's just say soon. you win. I think you'll win. I win! <laughs> well done. Hooray. <laughs> Um. So yeah, we're we're one all. What's one next? all next will be the 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 tiebreaker. <laughs> Jimmy, you know, at the end of um, what is it? The piano lesson? What's that song called? You know, Beethoven? something Schroeder, Beethoven. Oh, it's um, called um, what's it called? Is it called Schroeder? It's called Schroeder. <laughs> is it called Schroeder? Um, yeah. and you know, Lucy says, "My aunt Marion was right." Never try to discuss marriage with a musician. Yes. Can you name any other musical theater Marians that might be discussing marriage with a musician? <gasps> Gasp. Yeah. Marion the librarian. Marion And the so if it's Lucy's Aunt Marion, the implication is that Lucy is the daughter of Winthrop. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Which I don't think is intentional, but is oddly coincidental. So does that mean Lucy Van Pelt should probably be played with a lisp? (laughs) Probably. By a redhead. Because Ron Howard has red hair. Uh. I would love, though, right, if there was a production who did that because of that thought. Like, that through through thought. And, And, like, if... If Winthrop is the age he is in 1920s Iowa, it is not inconceivable that Lucy is his daughter in the 1960s. It's really not inconceivable. I think we've that really hit onto something. <laughs> That's what we call a head cannon. There you go. Oh, man. Hooray. You've got a quiz question for us. I do. Okay, so... It's actually quite short. I was gearing up for a big old speech. Um, But no. Uh, So our next show is Anderson Cooper, the Silver Fox himself, his only Broadway credit. What could it be? What could it be? Does he he tap dance in it, Jimmy? He has an eight-minute tap solo. It's fascinating. (laughs) You know? Oh, man. I'd watch that. If you... If you want to get in contact with us, I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on YouTube. And I am as in Hendrix on Twitter and YouTube. And our show Twitter is Jim and Tomic, or you can go to our website at jimandtomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion and our Patreon, where you can do all sorts of wonderful things. Exactly. Tell your friends all about us, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.